0: Good morning, guys. Apologies there. I was just on the the phone with Scott. We had a a few technical difficulties, Um, but to get the five weeks without any technical difficulties, not too bad to get on the last days to be expected. I'll take that. Uh, Let's get set up. We'll just give guys a minute or two to come on just in case uh, that little delay is thrown people. And for the two of yous that are on already, thanks very much for your, your loyalty of a Saturday morning. Um, I can guarantee there are much better things to be doing than listening to me pontificate here of a Saturday morning. Right, so I'm going to kick off, and if, if people... Come in in the meantime. That's perfect. So let me see everything. Share. Host is disabled screen sharing. That can't be right. I am
1: the host. One sec, guys, no. I'm just going to leave and I should be back in one sec. So bear with me. Perfect.
0: I am back. Um, Yeah, so we will get started. I'll just share my screen here. Perfect, now you should all be able to see that hopefully. So week five ended the challenge pretty much. I hope everyone's feeling a bit stronger and and a bit, probably a bit sore now at this stage, a bit tired, Um, but hopefully if you've done the deload week you would be set to go for another training block. Now if you've done the four weeks where we've built you up, got you fatigued, and now we have done a load week, and hopefully you should be feeling a bit fresher and ready to, to push on now. So I suppose the big question that, that most people have when coming to the end of the challenge is what, what to do next. Um, I don't know if, <coughs> pardon me, anyone's a, a fan of It's Also in Philadelphia. Um, if you haven't watched it, go on to Netflix and, and watch it. A fantastic uh, comedy, in my opinion. But... What do now, or what's what's the next thing to do? now that we've gone through this this challenge, where do we go from here if we want to keep progressing? And I suppose there's two steps that I'm going to focus on that you should do, and both of them are kind of the abbreviations or and or. So step one would be to review and reflect what you have done. Um, like I was just adding up some of the the, the reps and the tonnage, um, across the whole blocks. And the amount of reps and and weight you've lifted over the last few weeks should be something that you should be proud of. So first of all, acknowledge what you've achieved and and be proud of yourself for that. But when we do a training block like this of progressive exercise, you've done three, four, five weeks, all um, stitched together, progressive exercise, it's good then that when you come to the end of that deload week that you review and reflect upon the block of training you've just done. So when I say a block of training, that's that whole building up and progressing each week and then deload that all together is called a block of training. So I would always recommend that we do a block review at the end of every training block. We ask ourselves some of the questions. What went well in training through this, this program? What didn't work well? And that can be in terms of how it fit into your lifestyle. Were you able to adhere well to the training schedule? If not, why not? Was it too much training for your current lifestyle? Um, what, what went well? Did, were you able to, to um, work all the training sessions in? So these type of questions are important. And then when you dig into the actual training program, you ask, well, what exercise did I seem to respond well to? What exercise did I get really strong in? felt really good? And so on. What rep ranges and volumes worked well for me? You ask that. Uh, what muscle groups seem to respond very well, what frequencies worked well, and I'm going to explain some of these terms in a minute, but frequencies is how often per week I train a muscle group. So in some blocks, you might do once per week, like we did here. And then as you progress, you may bring it up to two or three times per week for a certain muscle group or training um, movement. And then what are my priorities going forward? So your priorities started. This block might have been to increase strength in a certain exercise, or increase strength or hypertrophy and muscle growth in a certain um, muscle group, and you may have achieved that over the past few weeks. And you might say, "Okay, for the next block, it's not a priority anymore. I'd like just to maintain that muscle group and work on something else." So, what you're essentially doing then with these block reviews? I, I like the use of an analogy and storytelling to try make things make sense, but. All we're ever doing with training and we're trying to figure out, like when we write a training plan, we don't know exactly how someone is going to respond to that training stimulus. All we're doing is based upon our experiences and what we know about the individual, we write a training plan that we think or we estimate is going to give them the response or the adaptation that they want. But essentially what we're doing, we're just exploring a dark cave with a torch because you go into a dark cave the torch can only illuminate a very small part of the cave at any one point so over time you walk around the cave with your, your little torch and you illuminate a little uh, area and then another and over time you build up a picture of okay this is what the cave kind of looks like but you that takes time and that is a process and that's essentially what we do with these block reviews because all of you as individuals Yes, there are general principles, like uh, there are general principles that humans just adapt to and the humans respond to. But we're all a unique jigsaw in a way that we're just trying to find how exactly the pieces for our own bodies, our own lifestyles fit together perfectly. And that will change from obviously individual to individual, but even throughout your life as different stresses and as you age and stuff, that will change. So what you're doing is you build up Block after block, so month after month, you start to, if you're keeping note of what you respond well to, what you don't, and what exercises and rep ranges, over time you're slowly putting together this jigsaw of yourself to get a better idea of the type of exercises and the type of programs that work best for you, for your body, and for your lifestyle. And to be honest, that's that's a lifelong pursuit. Um, you know, that is not a, a short-term thing. And this is where becoming very process orientated or falling in love with the process of exercise and training is more important than um, doing it for the kind of instant gratification of just getting quick results where if you kind of get more process orientated you're going to be able to adhere long term better so that's the first part you just need to reflect what worked well review note it down and this can be kept in a little journal or an excel sheet or whatever it may be but you just got to know how that went. And then the second R&R is just simply rinse and repeat um, with the training program. So you have done a five-week training block now and you've done the deload at the end. So you've done the the rinse essentially. So we're training you up, rinsing you out of that deload, allowing fatigue to come down, allowing the tendons and ligaments to heal up a little bit and allow you to get fresher. And now repeat is the next stage. So you'd simply, as I said, we have brought you up Week on week, progressively overloaded you. Now we've deloaded you. We've rinsed you out. You should be ready to go to repeat that same training block again. Because I've shown this slide a few times, but this is essentially all we're doing now. I know this says session to session. We fatigue you and then we you recover and you get better. And then session to session, you get better. But this can be seen as block to block or even year to year, this graph still applies. It's about month on month, year on year, gradually getting better, progressing slowly over time. And that's all we're looking to each block. We want to just start it a little better than we did the last block. And if we can do that for every block, month on month, well then over the years, we're going to see massive increases in our strength and our athletic ability. So the big mistakes you need to avoid. So a lot of people will do this four to five weeks of training, and then they will completely overhaul everything they'll change all the exercises just for the sake of it. They'll change every rep scheme and every set scheme just for the sake of it. As I said, you cannot have a baby in four and a half months by trying twice as hard. Adaptations take time, building muscle takes time, building strength takes time. So you will what I, what I mean by that line is you'll have people then, okay, next time I'm going to do six sessions a week. I'm going to train twice as much. And yes, they might make bigger increases, um, in the short term very quickly but what usually happens is burnout or injury that puts them out for a couple of months and that then drives back their progress and expecting massive gains from session to session so a lot of you will be your first pardon me your first time exposed to um, strength-based training so you've made rapid increases we have the law of diminishing returns when it comes to um, strength training that for the next block you probably wouldn't increase the same as quick, um, you you won't see that rapid increases or you might, but as time goes on, those increases are going to become slower and slower. And that's why becoming more focused on the process and falling in love with the process of training is more important than falling in love with just progress. Um, so that's important because the gains will slow down. So what I will say is the guidelines you need is be consistent and patient, patient with your training consistency trumps all even when we look at the top level athletes they're the ones that don't get injured to get injured less and they just consistently are able to hit that three four training sessions a week week after week month after month and year after year that's much better than those that are hitting six seven training sessions a week for a few weeks and then taking a few weeks off that kind of stop start approach doesn't work as well. And the other guidelines is if you are going alone with this program again, is to alter the variables of the program based on your response and your priorities and engage response. So when I say alter variables, what would you actually change in the program going forward? Well, as I said, there's two things we need to be aware of before we talk about what we will change in the program. So regression to the mean, this basically means that all your training sessions or the majority of your training sessions are gonna be average sessions just by definition. Some some sessions or some weeks you're going to feel really really good, and then some weeks you're going to feel really shitty. Um, but the majority, because the average is is the average, you will regress back to the mean. So most of your training sessions and training weeks are going to be meh kind of weeks. And uh, I don't know if that's the correct way to articulate it, but they're going to be just average. You know, you're not performing out of your skin. You're not feeling awful. You're just getting the work done. And that's you got to accept that, that when you are looking for long-term um, gains and long-term progress, the majority of your work is going to just be about showing up, doing the work, and going home. And then the law of diminishing returns is the other one. Now, thankfully, most of you here, this won't really affect you for quite a while yet. But say for someone like Schwarzenegger, at this stage when he was on stage, when he started training first and, Started taking steroids first, you would have seen a massive increase in his muscle mass. He would have gained strength and size really, really quickly. But as you get closer to your your limit, the more you need more training for less gains. So right now, you're all what we call naive in terms of you have a low training age with strength training. So you can do a little bit of training and get massive gains. Where as you progress, and in five, ten years time you'd need to do a lot of training for even less gains. So it's kind of the the cruel reality. And again, this is why I hammer about the process, get obsessed with the process or um, fall in love with the process of training rather than just the, the gratification of progress. So that being said, if you were going to change this program, so you could very well take the program we've done and repeat it now for another five weeks, go again, and there would be nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I would just expect that you would start with a little higher weight than you did um, in the last block. You might start with the loads or the weights you used in week two or three of the last block as week one of this one, and you would progress on from there. But say, okay, you've done that for another five weeks, and now you feel progress is slowing down. I need to change things up. Well, what we would base that on is something we call the FIT principle. And that just basically means that any gains you make or any adaptations we get from exercise are a result of the frequency, intensity, time, and type of exercise. So frequency, how often are you going to train or how often are we going to expose you to that stimulus? So if we're talking about squat, lower body strength, for example, it's like how often are you squatting? If it's once per week now in this block, and then you can do it once per week again in the next block. Okay, squat progress is maybe slowed down. Let's try adding in a second day of squatting and see if we increase the frequency, if that improves our squat. Intensity. Do we need to train at a higher percentage of um, our max? And that comes down to your reps and sets. So more so reps. So if you're doing, say, six reps, well, maybe for the next, I'm going to go four reps and use a heavier weight. That could be something that you might change. Your time. The tempo, you might change that to tempo, how many reps you're doing or how long you're putting the muscle under tension. Because if you're using a consistent tempo, so lowering for two or three seconds and then up for one second, well, if you add on four reps, you're adding another 16 seconds per set of that muscle being under tension so that could have an effect and then the type what type of modality you use and if we're talking about strength training that could be using machine using a barbell dumbbell resistance band you can train up the type of exercise you're doing or even as the exercise itself in terms of you could change out a squat for a split squat and see if that makes a difference um, so they're the type of variables that you would be changing and what they look like in the program i said are Intensity, volume, and frequency. So how heavy are you use, are going? Maybe you need to go a bit heavier. Or maybe you need to back off, use lighter. Some people respond better to slightly lighter weights. Volume, do you need to do more sets? Um, uh, or frequency, do you need to train the muscle a bit more often? Or a bit less even, you can over, be overtraining the muscle. So these are the type of variables we manipulate. Now, when you are changing them, only change one or two variables per block if you change the okay i'm going to do a different exercise i'm going to do it in a different rep scheme and i'm going to do a different um set scheme and i'm going to do it at a different frequency well then you've changed too many variables that when you're trying to do your block review and note down what worked well for you how do you know was it the change of exercise was it the set scheme you've no idea there's too many variables going on that are changing so only change one to two variables per block if if that change a handful of exercise if any exercise there's nothing at all wrong with doing the same exercises again block after block as long as you're making progress if you are going to change them only change them every one to two blocks and i would say probably closer to the two blocks only after two blocks of training start to train change the exercise because you need to give the exercise a chance to to start to work because if you're changing it every three four weeks Well, then you're never giving yourself a chance to learn it properly, get the technique really good and to progress it. So it's important that you only change it um, every one to two blocks and note the response. Alter the frequency that you target certain muscle groups or movements with. And I would say what you want to prioritize, frequency is probably what you want to target there in terms of, okay, I want to work on lower body strength. Well, then as with anything, the more you practice something, probably the better you're going to be at it. So by squatting maybe twice per week rather than once per week, you'll arguably get better at um, squatting and improve that. Or if it's, I want to improve my bicep size or glute size, targeting them maybe an extra time a week will give you more of a stimulus. Alter the rep range for desired outcome, which I'll touch on in a second. And then alter the set volume based upon your response. So that could be, okay, week one, we're starting with two sets per exercise. For the next block, you say, okay, I'm going to start with three sets in the exercise week one and progress it upwards from there to five sets in, in week four, whatever it may be. Now, what you should be aware of, start conservatively. You're always better off starting with lower volume and pushing up if needed than starting high because if you start too high, I'm going to do four sets in week one and progress it to eight sets per exercise in week four. It's probably too high, increased risk of injury and um. Also, if you're able to get the benefits or the progress you want from two sets, why bother with four If starting out? Because we increase the set volume to allow us to progress on and keep pushing on. Now, be aware of the impact of frequency. If you squat twice per week, even if you're doing three sets of, uh, say in this block, you're doing three sets of squats on a Monday and you weren't squatting again till next Monday. Well, if you say I'm going to squat three sets on a Monday and on a Thursday, You've already doubled your volume. So be aware of that increase in frequency also drastically increases set volume and your overall volume. Now, I discussed there about rep ranges, about adjusting your rep ranges based upon the desired outcome. So, how do you select which you want to use? How many reps I would use in the set? Well, I'm going to talk very quickly in heuristics because when it comes to building strength, building muscle, We can do it pretty much with any rep range by manipulating certain factors, but a heuristic, um, so that everyone knows, is essentially a mental shortcut. It's a rule of thumb. It's a fancy word for rule of thumb. So I'm gonna give you some rule of thumb um, recommendations for rep ranges, but be aware these are not exclusive. You can actually cause these adaptations I'm gonna talk about with a wide range of um, rep ranges. So this graph, basically you can see here where it is yellow is kind of where you get the most bang for your buck for that certain adaptation. So if we are talking about strength and building up the amount of weight we can lift, you're probably gonna get the most benefits having your exercises in the two to six rep range, somewhere around there. I'd say for most people, probably four to six reps or is about a good place if you are looking to maximize strength. Now, when you are starting out um, and new to strength training, I actually prefer to have that closer to kind of eight to 10 rep range for a few reasons. You're still going to gain a lot of strength, but having the higher rep ranges allows you to practice the exercise more because more reps equals more practice of the movement. Because when you're starting out, you're still very much trying to nail down the technique and learn the technique. So by having the slightly higher rep range, we're still going to get a lot of the benefits of strength or pretty much all of them since you're new to the training, but we're able to practice the, the movement a bit more and get more proficient in that. If you are looking to increase muscle hypertrophy, so muscle size, make a muscle bigger, the kind of six to 12 up to 15 rep range is pretty much a sweet spot. So you can see strength two reps up to maybe 10 reps is where you're going to get good the sweet spot for strength gains for hypertrophy, kind of this six up to about 15 rep range is where it's yellow and, and, and lighter blue there. You can see that's kind of the, the sweet spot you want to be for muscle size. So I won't talk about muscle endurance and power because they're more um, specific to athletic endeavor or sport. So I won't talk about those. But for all of us here, if we were to set our, our goals, we would say, well, what is the goal? Do I want to increase strength? Do I want to increase muscle size? And you would pick your rep range accordingly. Um, and what you should see, there is overlap. If you're training in this kind of 6 to 10 rep range, you're getting a lot of benefits of strength, but also muscle hypertrophy. So that's another reason why we've used those ranges in this, in this program. Um, and what you can do is for one block for another, you could say in this block, I'm going to focus in the 6 to 8 rep range. And then in another block, I'm going to focus in the 10 to 12 rep range. And then by doing your reviews, where do you respond best? Which seems to work best for you? Because we see that people based on the difference in our muscle fibers and different um, makeup of our physiology and genetics will respond slightly different to these different rep ranges. So these are rule of thumb for on average, but again, everyone's individual. So as I said, it's about trying to find out where you individually kind of reside when it comes to those training adaptations. So. That's how we would set up our training plan, how we would alter the training plan um, going from one block to another and some of the variables we'd manipulate if you were to do it yourself. But something that's important to understand then is is this idea of periodization. Periodization is simply a a structured way of planning and managing and manipulating these variables over a long-term to achieve the desired outcome. So this looks complicated, but basically all it means is say if we take a year if i look at okay i'm going to train you over the course of a year well what we've just done now is what we call a mesocycle or a training block Um, so the yellow you can see here is just simply one training block so we've done that with a particular focus and that's obviously made up of micro cycles, which is a week and each week is made up of individual sessions so essentially we've put all that together into one block of training where the distinct focus is to introduce you to strength training, to get you proficient at the movements and increase strength. And as you do each training block, you can start to have a distinct aim for each of these blocks and build that up to a long-term picture. So for example, this is just something we might do with an athlete. I can give you an example of how that works. So the first block we might do is focus on increasing muscle size. We'll do a hypertrophy training block. Then after that, we focus on using lower rep ranges. We just want to increase the amount of weight they can do. So they've built new muscle. Now we want to make that new muscle really strong. Then maybe as they're coming into the season, into the competition side of the year, we want to just simply maintain that muscle mass and strength. Don't really want to increase it anymore. We want to increase their power and speed. So we've made a bigger muscle. Now we've made it stronger. Now we want to make it more powerful. And then peaking a block we could have one block where we start to bring the volume right down bring fatigue down and start training their sport at a high intensity so that they go into competition really fresh so they're big strong and powerful and we brought fatigue down so that's what that would look like um for say an athlete but for you that could be very different in terms of you could say okay throughout the autumn time and winter I'm not going to focus on body composition so much. I'm going to use two or three blocks where all I want to focus on is getting stronger and building muscle. And fat loss isn't um, a goal of mine. And you might say, okay, for these three blocks, that's the priority to build as much strength and as much muscle as I can and not worry that you know, I'm not as lean as I do, as I as I am in the summer, as I want to be. Then as you come into the January and into spring and into summer, you'd say, okay. I still want to um, increase my strength and muscle mass if I can, but the priority is going to change to fat loss or whatever it may be. I'm going to try to get leaner for summer. So we know that when it comes to like building as much strength as you can, as much muscle as you can, being in a a large calorie deficit is going to be potentially detrimental to that. So you might say, you know, in the autumn and winter, when, I might have more social occasions in terms of coming up to Christmas. I'm not going to prioritize the calorie deficit. I'm going to prioritize strength training and um, hypertrophy training to build up muscle and strength. And then as I come into the spring and summer, I'm going to um, focus on um, maybe fat loss. I'm going to allow a larger calorie deficit to come into play. And it might hamper my strength, my hypertrophy training a little bit, but I'm happy to do that because I'm periodizing my training across the year. So that's just a certain way you might start to conceptualize or it can be if body composition isn't the goal, you could be okay. For these couple of months, I'm going to focus on strength and hypertrophy. And then for these few blocks, I'm going to focus on the cardio side of things or for one or two blocks. I want to focus on lower body strength and not too worried about upper body strength and vice versa. So you can change this and alter how you view your long-term plan based on what your personal goals are. Um, So that's, hopefully gives everyone a good idea of where you have to go to next or how you would start to think and put together a training block for yourself but again it's just about reflecting and reviewing on what went well over the challenge for you what worked well what didn't and then making slight changes but rinsing and repeat and carrying it out again Um, and then of course it depends on on what maybe you struggle with if it's adherence well then maybe it's uh it that okay i all the exercises were fine, but I just, you know, I wasn't able to get the sessions in every week. I struggled to do it. Well then maybe it's joining the the monthly turtle for support or um, going with friends or something like that, getting a friend to do it with you for the next block to hopefully improve that adherence. So I think I have rabbited on enough there. I hope I gave you a good idea of where you would go next in terms of um, progressing on from here. And if anyone has any questions or specific questions they would like to me to answer, just drop them in the chat or unmute yourself and just ask me anything. please. Go ahead,
2: Louise. Um, it's to do with the fact that I've had, um, frozen shoulder and a shoulder injury so I haven't been increasing my weights. I've just found that I've just been able to pick a weight up and use it frequently Mm. has been a massive improvement for me Um, so I would see for the next session that I would just repeat what I'm doing Um, I've noticed the fact that by just using the same weight and maybe just getting an increase on my reps has slowly built me up would that be the right way to go given the fact that um that I had that injury and it takes a long time to recover from it?
0: Yeah, I think you're you're exactly right there. In terms of frozen shoulder, is it's I don't know, how to tell you it's very frustrating injury and it is tends to be a slow um healing process. But as you said, when it comes to musculoskeletal or any of these kind of issues around joints and muscles. Motion is lotion is the term I use. It's about getting as much movement in as possible. And you're doing the right thing in terms of, okay, the strength isn't there to increase the load, but if you're able to increase the range of motion, if you're able to bring the shoulder a bit higher with the same weight, or you're able to do more reps with the same range of motion, well, that is increasing muscle strength and the the joints tolerance to um, deal with that load is improved so yes that would be where you'd go is keep progressing slowly in terms of especially the range of motion trying to get back to the full movement uh, that it can do under that load and then when it's able to do it under that full um movement then you would start progressing on as you said keep progressing the reps but maybe try to go to a higher load then but yes in terms of progress is different for everyone and it's not just about increasing the load if you're making because you can think of In terms of, I don't want to get too technical now, but if we say have bad mobility in a certain area, if I do a half squat with 100 kilos on my back, I'm putting a certain amount of load on the muscle. Now, if I increase my strength by 10 kilos and I do 110 kilos for a squat, but it's still a half squat, okay, I've increased 10% the amount of work that the muscle is doing, basically. But if I keep at 100 kilos, but I improve my mobility and I'm able to squat twice as deep and come up, well, I've actually doubled the workload on that muscle with the same weight. So the, the muscle is working twice as hard compared to only working 10% harder with a 10 kg increase. So by increasing the range of motion, your mobility that you can control way through, you're really significantly increasing the amount of tension and work the muscle is doing and its strength along with that. So I, I hope that that answers your question, Louise.
1: No, that was great. Thank you. Perfect. Anyone else, guys?
0: Are we all happy?
3: Hi, David. Um, Ms. Nazmin here. I've got a question. This is yep. the first live session I've been able to join. Um, otherwise, I've been watching everything on replay. Um, you mentioned earlier that if you're in a calorie deficit um, that will impact the strength training, how does that exactly impact the strength training? The reason why I ask is because I've got a lot of musculoskeletal issues. Mm-hmm. I've got tendinopathy in my feet, my shoulders. I've got issues with my knees, my hips, and my wrists. So exercising is quite tough. And um, I've been doing physio for three years, um, so I joined this strength program hoping that Perhaps this is the way in which I can overcome some of those issues um, by building strength. But I haven't been able to do the exercises because I got into an accident in the gym and I've been concussed for the last couple of weeks. So I am hoping once I'm better to get started on the strength program. But I just wanted to check would you recommend I be on maintenance and doing the strength program to try and build that strength and muscle? Or um, can I do both, be on a calorie deficit and train
0: so you you can do well first of all i'm sorry to hear about your accent i hope you're able to get back into training soon but yeah so i said it it may compromise but you're still able you are still able to build muscle and build strength in a a calorie deficit it's oftentimes when it's prolonged and too severe that people may find that their their strength and uh, their muscle increase or hypertrophy is compromised and it's usually due to fatigue When you're in a severe calorie deficit for a long time, we have adaptive thermogenesis and you can just feel a bit sluggish and fatigued. And if you are feeling that constantly, that can hamper the training quality that you're not able to push as much weight. You don't feel, everything just feels a bit harder. So the quality of your training reduces and that can potentially lead to um, hampered results. But if your protein intake is sufficient, you're training hard. And uh, you can definitely still massively increase strength and hypertrophy while in a deficit. And especially if it's strength training is something you're new to, you will be much more susceptible to those increases. For someone, say like myself, that's been powerlifting for years, may struggle to, um, to increase strength and hypertrophy significantly while in a deficit. Now, what I will say is if you are at a, a higher body fat level, if you are um, have a significant amount of weight to lose, well, then there's no real issue being in the deficit in terms of there is a lot of excess energy there that will be able to be broken down in terms of your body fat to be used for um, to build up the, the muscle and use as a strength. It's people that maybe are closer to being on the leaner side. They will feel much more uh, fatigued when going into that. Now, in terms of with coupling with musculoskeletal injuries, it's healing and a musculoskeletal injury is energy intensive itself for example um, it's an extreme uh, example i use but when we have burn victims so people who have severe burns across their entire bodies maybe they've been in a house fire or something horrific like that one of the biggest challenges for medical professionals is actually keeping enough calories going into their body because metabolically the body is in overload trying to heal itself and that's requiring a lot of energy so when it comes to musculoskeletal injuries on the smaller scale, obviously that's an extreme example, but on the smaller scale, the same thing applies that the body is going to require energy to heal itself. Um, So if you are coupling that the body needs to heal itself or requires energy, and then you're putting a big demand on it in terms of training, well, then you're hitting it from both sides. And if you're in a large calorie deficit, you're going to struggle potentially to heal and improve. So I would say unless you're someone that has a a significant amount of body weight to lose. Um, I wouldn't be going into too severe of a calorie deficit. If your main priority is to um, sort out those musculoskeletal issues. And again, it comes back to what is your priority. If your priority is to heal those issues and they're more important than improving, say, getting a bit leaner. Well, then I would say stay at maintenance and that will facilitate you healing. And the, the nice thing about it is if you maintain your fat mass by staying at maintenance and increase your muscle mass, well then relatively speaking, you have more muscle than uh, you had did. Your body fat percentage has actually decreased because you've built more muscle while maintaining the fat level. And that aesthetically will lead to a leaner physique anyway without actually having to lose fat mass. So if I was to make a recommendation, I would say yes, around maintenance probably is the best place or pardon me, if you have a significant amount of body weight to lose, a small calorie deficit then may be suitable but i'd get those injuries sorted first then focus on the body composition after so i I hope that helps
3: thank you that's really helpful
0: thank you
1: anyone else are we all happy guys okay
0: um so if everyone is happy then i will start to wrap up uh what i just want to say is everyone's happy um so for anyone who's going to be watching back one sec i just need to watching back afterwards um i'll put this up applies to you as well but for you guys anyone that's gone through the challenge first of all i hope you enjoyed it (laughs) um uh first and foremost and i hope you you got a lot from it but secondly i'll just share my screen quickly again uh in terms of, there's my, my social media handles. If at any stage you have any questions at all, or are you just something you're not too sure of, feel free to shoot me a message either on Instagram there or on Twitter. And I'm more than happy to have a, a quick chat and, and help you out in any way I can. And that applies to people who are watching this back after the fact as well. So I hope you've all enjoyed getting stronger. I hope this is only the start of your strength journey for most of you. Um, And yeah, I hope that you've enjoyed the challenge and we've done a good job for you. And hopefully in future strength challenges or events that we we host, we'll see you there. So if there are no other questions, thanks all for your attention. And um, yeah, I'll hopefully talk to you all again soon.
2: Thanks a lot. It's been really good. Thanks, Diggy. And I thought I'd come on camera so you could see someone. Thanks very (laughs) much. Now I will just add, I've been doing strength quite a long time well for the past years with ryan and everything but this challenge it really made me realize how um i wasn't taking the rest and also i just don't think i was working hard enough really because i have had constant doms for five weeks on my legs and Mm. um i know i've learned loads and really enjoyed it and will take it all with me and continue
1: so yes me too
2: (laughs) You realise how when you actually do it alongside with someone, like I was doing with Scott, and um, and just doing doing it with them, you realise actually how I when you do it on your yeah. Sometimes if you're just doing it on your own, you sort of think, oh, I won't do another set. Uh, I'm going to go and get a coffee, you know, that sort of thing. So yeah. it it did, yeah. I learned I learned loads, and um, I thought it might be a bit easy at the beginning, but my God, was I wrong? So um, yeah, really good. Thank you very much
0: yeah and that's it the thing it it never gets easier um because if you're well it gets more enjoyable but when I say I say that a bit facetiously it doesn't get easier in terms of you're still going to work at two RAR so perceptionally it's always Mm -hmm. going to be the same but the nice thing is that what your two RAR is now will be 10 or 20 kilos Mm -hmm. heavier in a year or two so for the same effort level you'll be 10 or 20 kilos stronger which is always a nice feeling
2: Oh, yeah. I was always a cardio bunny for years and years and years. And I don't do so, hardly any as much as I used to. And I just love strength. Yeah. I feel so much better. Yeah. So, yeah. Onwards and upwards. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Perfect.
0: Thank you very much, Nikki.
2: <laughs> Have a nice weekend.
0: You too. All right. Thanks very much, guys. See you everyone.